There's no way to snap your fingers and become confident. There's no way to get over fear without experiencing fear and showing yourself that you could handle it. And if you wait until the fear or the anxiety or the burnout goes away, you're going to keep on feeling stuck and diabetes will continue to hold you back. But once you take action and lead with action as opposed to leading with your emotions, I think you'll be surprised at what you find. And you'll find you're able to do a whole lot more than you ever thought possible. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. Stop whatever you're doing right now and go grab a piece of paper and a pen. And when you have these in your hand, I want you to write down three things that you want to do in your life that you haven't done because you have type 1 diabetes. After you have those down on paper, I want you to think for a minute and then write down what is it about type 1 diabetes that's getting in your way? Why haven't you done these things? Now, there may be lots of reasons. Whatever reasons you have are totally fine. Whether you're feeling stressed or whether you feel stuck because of health insurance or whether you're feeling embarrassed, anxious, burnt out, whatever the reason, just write it down. Write down what has gotten in your way and why you haven't done this thing because of type 1 diabetes. And now ask yourself, what has to be different in my life in order for me to do this thing? What has to change? And my guess is you'll say that I will do this thing when I have more money or when I have more time or when I have less stress in my life, when I'm not so worried about what's going to happen to me because of diabetes. And I know that some of these barriers are very real, but a lot of these barriers are in your head. And you tell yourself, I have to feel more confident before I can go skiing with diabetes. I have to feel less anxious before I can go for a run with diabetes. Or I have to feel less burnt out before I can really work to manage my diabetes well. We tell ourselves that we have to feel a certain way. And if we don't feel that certain way, we can't do it. And certainly, it may be more difficult to do these things if you don't feel confident or you feel burnt out or you're feeling anxious. But does that really mean that you can't do them? And if not, what is the best way for you to do them even if you're feeling these things, even if you're still feeling burnt out or anxious or distressed? Is it possible for you to do these things even if you're feeling this way? And my hunch is the answer is yes. On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to talk to you about my philosophy with diabetes called lead with action. Put very simply, lead with action means do it even if you don't feel like you can. Because in my experience, the only way to gain confidence and reduce your anxiety are to do the things that scare you and see what happens. Because once you figure out what happens, you have a whole lot more information you can use about how you want to move forward. I want to give you a couple of examples of what I mean by lead with action. First, let's talk about someone that I'll call Jessica. Jessica is 24 years old and has been living with type 1 diabetes for about 14 years. Jessica loves exploring the town she lives in. She loves trying new restaurants and bars. She loves going to the theater. And she really loves going dancing. But one challenge Jessica faces a lot is wearing her CGM. She prefers to wear her CGM on her arm. But when she goes dancing and she wears a shirt without sleeves, it shows her CGM. And she's really self-conscious about that. 
So recently, Jessica has been avoiding wearing her CGM, especially when she knows she has plans for the weekend. If her sensor expires on a Thursday, she'll put off putting a new one on until Monday. And if she has a sensor on when her friends invite her to go out dancing with them, she'll just tear it off and go without a sensor all night long. When I asked Jessica what would be so bad about wearing a sensor out while she's dancing, she told me that she thought that she would be the center of attention, that everybody would be looking at her and looking at her arm and talking about her. She just wanted to have fun, and she didn't really want to have to think about what people were thinking about her and why people were asking themselves what was on her arm. But Jessica also found that this strategy had some pretty big downsides. Every time she would go out dancing with her friends and not wear a CGM, she would come home and her blood sugars would be over 300. Not having access to her number was a big challenge for Jessica. She felt a lot of stress around that. And when she came home and her blood sugars were so high, she felt awful. Jessica told me that she didn't think that she could wear a CGM in public until she felt more confident and until she wasn't embarrassed and self-conscious about what people thought about her. She had no idea how to get there and she was looking for help. I asked Jessica what would happen if she never felt confident or she was always going to be embarrassed about her CGM. And she told me that it probably wasn't worth it. She needed to feel more confident before she's willing to wear her CGM in public. And all she wanted was a pathway to feel more confident. This is where I introduced my lead with action strategy. I told her that the only way for her to gain confidence with her diabetes and with her CGM was to lead with action to wear her CGM in public, even though she was self-conscious and not very confident. At first, Jessica didn't think this was possible. She didn't see how she could do this unless she felt confident. And I told Jessica she was putting the horse before the cart. There's no way to snap your fingers and become confident. You have to become confident through experience. And the only way to get experience about what will happen and what you'll feel like if you're wearing a CGM in public is to do it. Eventually, Jessica told me she was willing to give it a shot. It took her a long time to come to a place where she was willing to give it a try. But once she did, the results were pretty amazing. Jessica led with action, and she was able to go out with her friends and have a great time. And she was surprised that no one noticed her CGM at all, or they didn't say anything at least. And when she got home, her blood sugars were in range, and she felt amazing. Jessica realized if she waited to feel confident until she would go out with her CGM on her arm, she would never have done it, but she had to do it scared. She had to lead with action and take a risk and to see what happened. Jessica is far from a unique case here. We all have similar challenges to Jessica. We all tell ourselves that we can't do something until we feel a certain way. And and then we wait and wait and wait to feel that way. And that time never comes. And when this happens, not only do we waste a lot of time, but we also don't get the benefits of being able to lead with action and do the things we want to do because we're so scared about what's going to happen if we don't feel a certain way. Waiting for something to happen until you do something and take action is the definition of feeling stuck. You can't do something until certain conditions are met. And if those conditions are never met, you can't do it. In these cases, you've given over all the control to your emotions, and your emotions are calling the shots on your behavior. You tell yourself that you can't do certain things until you feel a certain way. That is ceding control of your behavior to your emotions. That's giving away the control to something outside of your control. Leading with action is doing the exact opposite. Leading with action means making the decision to do something even if you're scared, 
or even if you're not confident, or even if you're feeling burnt out. Leading with action is taking back control of your behavior and doing what you want to do, even if you're not confident, even if you're feeling burnt out, even if you're anxious. This is not necessarily an intuitive way of thinking, but trust me when I tell you with with diabetes, it's the only one that works. It's the only way that you'll get unstuck with diabetes is by taking action even when you feel like you're not ready to. Now, I want to be perfectly honest here, and I want you to recognize that by doing this, by leading with action, you are setting yourself up for some uncomfortable emotions. Doing things with diabetes when you're scared or anxious or not confident can be, well, scary and certainly not comfortable. By leading with action, I'm asking you to push yourself out of your comfort zone and do things that are important to you, but that scare you. It's not quite as easy as just saying, okay, I'll do it, and then going and do it. There may be some barriers in the way. And we can't necessarily remove the barriers, but what we can do is give you the skills that you need to navigate around them so they're not that big a deal and they don't get in your way anymore. Once you have those skills, leading with action won't be easy, but it will certainly seem a whole lot more possible than it may seem right now. I want to talk about the four things you need to do before you can lead with action. And those things are changing your mindset, being able to tolerate distress, changing your relationship with diabetes, and then identifying your values. And I want to go through these with you step by step. The first step is your mindset. Your mindset is the way that you think about diabetes. Do you see the stress of diabetes as a problem you need to solve and get rid of before you can do anything else? Or do you see the stress of diabetes as something you can live with? And it may be annoying, but you can do things you want to do even if the stress of diabetes is there with you. Those are two very different ways of thinking about diabetes, and they're two very different mindsets. One is a problem mindset, where you see diabetes as a problem. And in order for you to be successful, you have to solve the problem, to find a way to get rid of diabetes or get rid of the stress. And this makes sense, only we both know that the problem of diabetes is not one that you can solve. You can't make diabetes go away. You can't find a way to make it disappear. And diabetes is stressful, and you can't always make the stress of diabetes disappear. There's no magic wand that you can use to make the stress of diabetes disappear. It's just not possible. And if you believe it is possible, and you keep trying, you're going to be climbing a hill that you can never get to the top of, and you're going to be always falling down. It's going to be a really frustrating process. You're also never going to be able to lead with action because you're always going to be determined to solve that problem and find that way to become more confident or less burnt out or less anxious. And you're never going to find a way to accept the fact that sometimes diabetes is uncomfortable. If you're able to shift your mindset and find a way to accept diabetes, to realize that you don't really want it and it's not really fun, but there's not much you can do about it, so you might as well learn to live with it it's going to make it a whole lot easier for you to lead with action because you recognize that you may have to be uncomfortable and that that's okay. It's not something you can make go away. It's not something you can solve, but you can live with that. The second step to leading with action is to be able to tolerate discomfort in your life with diabetes. This is a tough one. Now, don't hear me wrong. I'm not asking you to torture yourself with diabetes or to cause pain to yourself or cause discomfort to yourself on purpose. Not at all. But whether we want to admit it or not, diabetes is going to be uncomfortable sometimes. You're going to experience stress. You're going to experience burnout. You're going to experience anxiety. You may even experience embarrassment or shame or guilt. And while we don't really want these things to happen, sometimes they're just part of the package. 
And my guess is if you were able to tolerate the distress and not let it hold you back to say, oh yeah, that's annoying, but it's not going to stop me, then the stress wouldn't be as big of a deal. And while this may sound simple on paper, in reality, it's something that takes skill and practice. In order to tolerate the stress, it's easier if you know to expect and you're able to be in the present moment and be there, but not be attached to it. And also to recognize the discomfort doesn't last very long and that it's constantly changing. If you're able to see yourself as separate from discomfort as opposed to attached to it, it makes it a whole lot easier to deal with. But again, this is a skill that has to be learned and practiced. And once you learn this skill, it makes it a whole lot easier for you to lead with action because you're able to go into these situations knowing that you're going to be uncomfortable, but also knowing that you can handle it. The next step is changing your relationship with diabetes. Now, your relationship with diabetes is probably pretty complicated. And the fact that it's complicated is probably holding you back and making it a whole lot more challenging for you to take the steps forward that you need to lead with action. But in order to get there, you have to first define what your relationship with diabetes looks like. Because if you're not aware of what your relationship looks like and how it's impacting you, it's going to be pretty hard to change it. Once you are aware of what this relationship looks like and how it's impacting you, it may be a little bit surprising and scary, but it also empowers you to take action, take steps forward to change your relationship. Changing your relationship means changing the way you interact with diabetes and changing the way you react to diabetes. And I think that you may find that how you're doing that right now is playing a big role in keeping you stuck and making it more difficult for you to lead with action. I go into a whole lot more detail about this in last week's podcast episode, episode number 31. If you haven't done it yet, I would highly recommend that you go back and listen to episode number 31 and learn how you can take steps to improve your relationship with diabetes and make it a whole lot healthier than it is right now. The fourth step to leading with action is identifying your why. Your why is what's going to keep you going when the going gets tough. And let's be honest, the going will get tough sometimes with diabetes. Pushing yourself to take action is not always easy, and you have to have a why to keep you going. This is a why that is tangible, and that you can use as leverage when things get tough. The more specific your why is, the better, because that helps you see what it is and see why it's worth working so hard for. Your why should be something that's really important to you and should be tied to your values, something that's greater than itself. I'll give you a non-diabetes example of a why. When I was in high school, I remember asking a girl to a dance, and I was terrified to do this. This is before cell phones, and so we actually had to call and talk to whoever answered the phone. You couldn't actually call the person directly, and we didn't have caller ID at the time. And I remember sitting there by my phone for a good hour before I got up the courage to pick up the phone and call this girl. I was absolutely terrified. And I called her, and it, it all went fine. She said yes. But I looked back on that time and asked myself, why did I put myself through that torture of calling her and asking her and, putting, and making myself so vulnerable in that situation? And as I think about it, the reason why I did it was because relationships are important to me. And I thought there might be some potential in a relationship with this person. But there's no way to develop a relationship without putting yourself out there. And so for me at the time, I was willing to suffer through that challenging phone call because working towards developing relationships for me was really important and still is. The same thing has to be true for you and leading with action around diabetes. You have to have a reason why. So for example, if you have a fear of low blood sugar 
and riding a bike with your daughter is really important too. Your relationship with your daughter makes it worthwhile for you to experience that fear and push through the fear so you can really maintain that relationship and show her that you care about her. Or if being present in your relationships is important to you, then maybe you'll allow yourself to sit at a table and take your insulin in front of other people, even though you're embarrassed, because you know that if you don't, you're going to have a much harder time being present during dinner with your friends because you're thinking about how you can get up from the table, take your insulin, and then you're gone away from the table taking your insulin. Even though taking your insulin in front of other people makes you really self-conscious and really uncomfortable. Whatever your why is, it's yours, and you have to define it for yourself. But you need to be honest with yourself about what is worth going through challenging times and dealing with uncomfortable situations for in your life. I know you have those things, but the more specific you can be identifying them and determining why they're so important to you and why it's worth it for you, the better off you're going to be and the easier it's going to be for you to lead with action. And then, of course, the final step is leading with action, actually doing the thing that you were avoiding doing or that you're uncomfortable doing and pushing yourself to do it even though you don't feel ready. This is really the point where you get unstuck and you're able to do the thing in your life that you wanted to do even though it's not comfortable and even though you're scared to do it and even though you felt like diabetes was holding you back. Now, I want you to go back to the list that you made at the beginning of this episode And look at that list and determine what are the things in life that you really want to do and how do you think the diabetes is holding you back? And how can you lead with action to accomplish those goals and do those things, even with diabetes and even with the stress of diabetes present in your life? And ask yourself, if you're able to do these things, how will my life be better? And what will I learn about myself and about my experience and about diabetes if I'm able to do them? Because trust me, there's no way to get over fear without experiencing fear and showing yourself that you could handle it. And if you wait until the fear or the anxiety or the burnout goes away, you're going to keep on feeling stuck and diabetes will continue to hold you back. But once you take action and lead with action as opposed to leading with your emotions, I think you'll be surprised at what you find. And you'll find you're able to do a whole lot more than you ever thought possible. How would you like to start leading with action in your life with diabetes? If you want to start and you want to start accomplishing the goals that you wrote down at the beginning of this episode, I have an invitation for you. When this episode is live, I will have launched my program, Get Unstuck with Type 1 Diabetes. This is a six-week digital program designed to move you from feeling stuck in your life with diabetes to feeling much more free and flexible in your life with diabetes so that you can lead with action and so that you can do whatever you want in your life with diabetes long for the ride. This six-week program was based on a framework that I developed over the years, helping hundreds of people with type 1 diabetes go from feeling stuck to feeling free and flexible in their lives. And I covered the basics of this framework during this episode. If you want to go more into depth here and follow a step-by-step guided process to help you get unstuck and go through these steps to be able to lead with action, go to thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash program. Get all the information about this program and how you can sign up. This program is only going to be available for a limited time, so be sure to act now. And if you sign up before Monday, April 26th, you'll get $100 off the enrollment fee, so be sure to act now. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. If you like what you heard, I would really appreciate if you would leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps me get the word out about this podcast to many other people with type 1 diabetes who could benefit from it. 
Also, I would love hearing from my listeners. So if you have any questions or want to say hi, please feel free to reach out. My email address is mark at thediabetespsychologist.com or you can DM me on Instagram at thediabetespsychologist. And of course, remember to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes may not be easy, but you can have an easier time with it. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Podcast.